Ed Music had never wanted to be a hero. It was hard to understand, looking at him, why he had been chosen for the role. He possessed none of Lindbergh's youthful charisma. He was a slender, soft-spoken man, neither handsome nor articulate, 41 years of age. He spoke infrequently, and then with a sparsity of description. Music was a pilot, which is all he ever aspired to be. But the events of the past year had changed everything. To his own astonishment, Ed Music had become the most famous airline pilot in the world. It was the afternoon of 22 November 1935. The departure ceremony was scheduled for 2.45. The band played a Sousa march while the guest speakers mounted the platform. Behind the reviewing stand waited the great ship, her massive wings forming the backdrop for the scene. A gigantic flag was stretched across the grass, guarded by 170 Boy Scouts. In the lobby of the seaplane base, Music saw the map that someone had stapled to the wall. It was a chart of the Pacific Ocean. The inner blue expanse of the chart was mostly empty, containing only a pattern of widely scattered dots connected by a pencil line. Music could read the names of the dots. Hawaii, Midway, Wake, Guam. The Pacific had never been crossed by a commercial airliner. Only 11 days ago, Music had taken delivery of the flying boat at the Glen L. Martin factory in Middle River, Maryland. Now he was supposed to fly the new ship westward across the widest part of the world's widest ocean. If all went well, he would fly her all the way to Asia. There were so-called experts who said it shouldn't be done. Such an undertaking, they said, was too dangerous, at least for a commercial airline. Such stunts should be left to the military. The Pacific was too wide, too unpredictable, too filled with unknowns. The craft of aerial navigation was still too primitive. The new flying boat, they pointed out, had never actually flown across an ocean, not even as far as Hawaii. Music had heard all this. He quietly went ahead with his job. Bombs and rockets were bursting overhead. Sirens wailed from boats in the bay. It was said that 100,000 people were lining the shores of San Francisco Bay to watch the departure. A circus-like script had been written by the airline's publicity department. There would be speeches and a ceremonial loading of mailbags, and then music sailing orders would be delivered by his boss, Juan Tripp. The entire event was being broadcast by CBS and NBC and transmitted live on seven foreign networks. Music wore the all-black, double-breasted uniform of the Pan American pilot. Without the white Navy-style cap and the gold wings, he might have been taken for an undertaker. People seldom noticed when Music came into a room. It was only when he entered the cockpit that Ed Music seemed to grow in size. He would settle himself into the left seat, his brown eyes flicking over every gauge, instrument, knob, and lever. Meticulous Music, he was called. He believed in precision in everything, from the knot in his tie to the tiniest details of an ocean flight. He had a ritual. With a thumb and forefinger, he would straighten the creases in his trousers. He would adjust and readjust his seat until his hands reached the yoke at precisely the right angle. His fingers would glide to each lever and knob, turning, setting, making fine adjustments. Not until everything was to music's satisfaction would he give the command, in his soft voice, start number one. Free of her moorings, the great ship glided out into San Francisco Bay. The four Pratt & Whitney R-1830 power plants growled in a low rumble. Behind the flying boat trailed a wake, sparkling in the autumn sunshine. She was the largest airliner ever constructed in America. 
Until she was built, no transport aircraft yet existed that could carry both a payload and the vast store of fuel required to reach the distant bases of the Pacific. Captain Music, said a voice on the radio. You have your sailing orders. Cast off and depart for Manila in accordance therewith. The band played the star-spangled banner. Ships' whistles blew, and fire hoses streamed geysers of water. Ed Music eased the four throttles forward. The thunder of the Pratt & Whitney engines echoed from the buildings on the shore. The giant ship surged ahead. She was aimed between the spans of the unfinished Bay Bridge. As she swept past, onlookers read the name emblazoned on her bow, China Clipper.